Welcome in to the newest episode of Side Mission. Like always, I'm your host, Rusty Ellis, joined by the boys, Kyle, Backer, and Matt. And today we've got a little bit of a different episode because I know when we first started this podcast, obviously, first of all, we didn't look on that, and we've added Tacker since then. But we haven't ever really, outside of that first episode, we haven't really ever talked about our personal gaming tastes all that much. Mm-hmm. So we had the idea, what if we each got on here and talked about our personal top 10 favorite games of all time? Now, these are not what we're saying the 10 best games of all time are, you know, objectively. These are games that we all love, or these are the games that each of us love for different reasons. These are our own personal top 10 games. I know these lists were hard to put together. Ooh. We've all got them done. The first thing we're going to do, let's go through honorable mentions. We're going to go around the table clockwise. Matt. What were your honorable mentions that did not make your list? Okay, so a couple of honorable mentions. This is to start off, Super Mario Galaxy 2 is one wow, of Wow! I oh, thought that was going Super to be Mario on Galaxy there. Super Mario Galaxy 2 almost made it, but not quite. Um, another one for me would probably be the Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> did not quite make it. Um, it, it. It came very close. It's just this This list was... It's, it's a tough one, because even now and then I'm naming off the honorable mentions. It's... I'm like, well, there's a lot <laughs> of good games there. There, um, and another big honorable mention for me would probably have to be uh, the Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Wow, those are three Just big games that didn't defining, make the list. It was such a defining game to the genre yeah. that introduced uh, these new mechanics that we saw in future Zelda games all the way up until Breath of the Wild's changes. Mm-hmm. Thacker, what about you? Uh, honestly, the honorable mentions were a lot to kind of take in, but uh, surprisingly or not, OG Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. uh, did not make my list. Same with my first Pokemon game being Pokemon Red on the Game okay. Boy in color. Um, I know I talked about it on the Fire Emblem episode. Uh, Path of Radiance did not make my list. Yeah. Um, Treasure Planet... Mario Kart, Double Dash, uh, Simpsons Hit and Run, Pick Mario Thousand Year Door, and uh, Kyle, a game that you and I have raved about a lot, um, Alice Return to Madness. Did you not make my list? Okay, wow. That was a good game. That, that, that one took a lot for me to really kind of think about, but it just... if I, I based my list off of the 10 games that... If these were the only ten games I could play the rest of my life, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I based mine off of, and unfortunately, that's, yeah, that's if, the same logic I use. If I had eleven slots, Alice would have made it to eleven. Yeah, that's fair, Kyle. Honorable mentions: God of War. <laughs> what? Twenty eighteen. Wait a minute. Is an what? Honorable mention. What? Solely because Ragnarok is coming out this year, and I have high hopes that it's going to be everything God of War twenty eighteen was, but better. Wow. That surprises and me. I am holding a spot for that game because, like, God of War twenty eighteen was a ten out of ten game. I think they can. I think they can keep going. I think they can make another ten out of ten game and. I may end up liking that one more than 2018, which is the sole reason it's in my honorable mentions because I don't want to get two months later and be like, actually, I'm going to change that number, you know, five <laughs> spots at Ragnarok and fuck out of war. Another honorable mention, Deathloop. That game was That's a lot a of fun. That's a great one. That's a I, great one. Yeah. I honestly feel like that is one of the games I could play for the rest of my life if I had like five games because it's so much fun to go through and, you know, just experience that story and, you know, the gameplay, the, everything about it was just, it was so good for me. I, I really, really enjoyed every aspect of that game. The last honorable mention I have is Pokemon Yellow. That was okay, my wow. very second Pokemon game Pokemon ever. Yellow is great. I, great dude, game. I love that game. So my list is a little bit longer. So uh, yours is a great segue because Deathloop is also an honorable mention for me. Let's go. It was also one for me. Uh, the Witcher 3 Ooh. up there. That, that, in my opinion, of, of the... Uh, what was the Xbox one? Was that, that was the 7th generation, 8th generation of consoles? What was something like that? Something like that. Whatever generation of console it was, I thought that The Witcher 3 was objectively the best game that came out during that generation. There are some great games. Yeah. God of War 2018 is up there. 
Um, and I might contradict myself because uh, you might see, you may or may not see God of War later on my list. Uh, <laughs> but I think Witcher Three, I think RPG wise, definitely the best RPG that came out in that generation. Uh, I can agree. Fantastic that, yeah. game. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey is another one. I absolutely love Super Mario yes. Odyssey. It's one of my favorite games on the Switch. Not my not my exact favorite, but it's it's my favorite Mario game of all time for sure. Uh, in that same band, another favorite from a franchise of mine, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Two, Ooh, up there yeah. as well, hundred yes. um, percent. You guys saw me play it last night, NBA Two K Twelve. Oh, let's go! <laughs> that was the fun. Rage. The Rage, uh, <laughs> Spider Man PS Four, definitely yes. had to be up there. Far Cry Three, and then the game that was closest to being on the list. This would be my number eleven. This and it's because of its importance to me personally. That is Ring Fit Adventure. Would have been Adventure. would have been number eleven if That's that was cool. if that was uh, on my list. Almost made it on to ten. I could I just couldn't bump ten any lower, in my yeah, opinion. So uh let's get into the list. Starting at number ten. Matt, what is your tenth favorite game of all time? So this game is number ten because of its uh the, the special place that it has in my life with my childhood to Super Mario World on the Super Nintendo. Ooh, interesting. This was actually one of the very first video games I ever played. Oh, okay. And had Stay up late nights with my sister, oh, playing like because we we were homeschooled, we didn't have school to go to, so we stay up all night Lucky. uh doing right. the Mario Luigi where you just hand each other the controller when you die and just That's getting so through fun. the games and then discovering the, all the little secrets like in the forest and then finding Star World, just things yeah. like that really. And then <laughs> That's awesome. uh the introduction of Yoshi. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Being able to have him and then swap, like, you know, you eat a red Koopa shell and you get the fire ability, you eat a blue one, yeah. you get the flying ability. There's just a lot of those things that just blew my mind as a kid. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Thacker? Um, so this game was essentially the second Final Fantasy game that I played okay. that I actually finished fully. And it was the combo pack for Final Fantasy X, X, II. Um, it was one of those that I, I played 10 and instantly went into 10 and played them both fully with every upgrade, every possible item just went through and I probably, if PlayStation 2 had timestamps on it, I probably put roughly a hundred plus hours on that Jesus. bundle. Whoa. Wow. My number 10 is going to be Modern Warfare 2019 solely because I am a huge Call of Duty fan. I've played yeah. every single Call of Duty game from Call of Duty 4 all the way until, unfortunately, Vanguard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2019 was, was badass. I really... I loved it because I grew up playing Call of Duty and... At a point, it kind of lost its charm with me, and Modern Warfare 2019 really brought me back into re-experiencing Call of Duty because there was just so much new stuff they added, new mechanics. Obviously, you know, the attachment system was improved upon tremendously. The, The campaign was so good. Like, it was so well put together in the way that it wasn't a reboot it was just a retelling of some things and some events were happening during the first game i i really really loved modern warfare 2019 so much so that i grinded every single multiplayer gun camo to get damascus and i have probably i think when i checked i had over 30 days in that game that's playtime. that's wild wow yeah that's that's over six hundred hours. Yeah, I I really did love that game. It and I I am so excited for Modern Warfare too. Well, my number ten is the first Pokemon game I ever played, and uh, it's Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby. Let's so, go. Okay. So Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby, mainly because third generation of Pokemon is just my favorite generation of Pokemon. Yeah. So it's it's. I agree. I think that that's just the one that stuck with me the most it's the first uh pokemon game i played on my game boy as a kid i didn't play like the originals like you know fire crystal you know any of those yeah um but i also remember because i again i if there was a timestamp on it i probably played three four hundred hours on it like i it was challenging it made it made me think as a kid and and, and again it's what grew my love for pokemon into what it is now so yeah on to number nine. Oh, so number nine for me is actually one of the very special games that I played on the Wii. Um, this was the first real game that I actually got to buy on the Wii, which was Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. 
which oh, was cool. the conclusion to the phase on storyline originating on the GameCube with the first Metroid Prime. I wanted to make Metroid Prime the very first uh, the, the game on my top 10 list, but Metroid Prime 3 did so many things that just reignited my love for what Retro yeah. Studios was doing. Yeah. Um, there's a fight in that game that is very memorable to me where you're free falling through the sky uh, with Meta Ridley. And it's yeah. very reminiscent of when Gandalf is falling through the sky fighting the ball, uh, ball off the, the, the ball flaming ball. demon, whatever. Yeah, yeah. In Lord of the Rings. Very reminiscent of that. That's cool. And just the <clears> use <throat> of the pointer controls to aim Samus's cannon and then the nunchuck where you can whip it for her electric whip to like whip off. Uh, rip off shields off of the enemies. That's cool. there, there was a lot of innovative design and ideas there in puzzle solving as well. I think my number nine is probably going to surprise at least somebody at this table. Um, but And I'm probably going to get some flack for it, though. But oh. my number nine spot is Minecraft. Um, Interesting. I see that not, a little Not my preferred I pick, but fair enough. <laughs> not my pick, but fair enough. It's, I can understand. It's, it's one of those that, as a kid, I grew up loving art, loving to draw and just build things. Uh, my Lego collection was massive, and I never built a single set. I always built my own stuff. Um, cool. So, with Minecraft, I was able to replicate that with my love of video games and if I loaded up any of my old 360 worlds you would see some of the craziest art stuff like I think some of it's on my Instagram but I made Raven from Teen Titans at one point I made um, a Goomba literally just sat there and had all the fun of the artistic ability that mm -hmm. I grew up with and being able to bring it into Minecraft, into a video game. And even now to this day, I, you guys will never catch me because you will I will appear offline. <laughs> so just know, I'm offline, That's but Minecraft. I'm, on, I'm on Minecraft. Minecraft. <laughs> it's literally just because that is the game that is probably my guilty pleasure. I would say my number nine was actually on Thacker's Honorable Mentions. Oh. Uh-oh. One of my favorite GameCube games ever. And my personal favorite Mario Kart, <laughs> Mario Kart Double Dash, was my so man. good. It my was man. so much fun to have a second player on the back of your cart throwing the items while you are focusing on driving and then you could switch that was just so freaking cool and innovative at the time because mario kart has always kind of had the same formula double dash is where i think it really changed it up and i i wish they would bring it back because having a second player on the back of your cart to just focus on targeting enemies is so much fun especially for you know maybe people who aren't necessarily as good at Mario Kart, because some people, you know, are just unnaturally good. And, yeah. you know, some of us are just really good. And, you know, I, I am not that good at Mario Kart. Matt would probably whoop me at Mario Kart every time we played. But baby par? if we were playing Double Dash, <laughs> you know, one of us could drive. The other person could be focusing on items. It's, it, was, it was so much fun as a kid. I played yeah. countless hours of it. Well, I'm a liar about one thing on my list because I said this game would absolutely not be on here, and it is. It's here at number nine, and we just recorded an episode about its sequel, and that is Overwatch. Ooh, that is wow. my number nine. So I think that's mainly just because that's like the multiplayer game I've sunk the most hours in by Fair far. Enough. I've over Xbox, PC, like you know, the beta overall that I've I've put at this point probably about 500 hours into Overwatch. So I, I that's that's, that's nothing compared to like Matt who's at like twenty two hundred hours. Or I don't something. even want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I I, I, I love Overwatch. It may it may frustrate the hell out of me sometimes, and it frustrates the hell out of all of us sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's one of the best multiplayer games of all time. And I I thought about it, tried to find a way to keep it off the list, and I just couldn't. Um, and I didn't think I could put it below Pokemon Sapphire and Ruby. Uh, so it came in at number nine. So Matt. Number eight. All right, so number eight for me. Um, this was the first game I downloaded as a demo on my PlayStation 3 when I first got it. This was the first Bioshock game. 
Oh, now this was originally on, that's a good one this originally came out on the 360 mm-hmm. and I had a hard time debating on which Bioshock I wanted to put on here now Bioshock 2's campaign is not as good as Bioshock 1 but Bioshock 2 <coughs> had the multiplayer yeah. which I spent lots of time on but it's going back to Bioshock 1 for me because I've never really played a story driven narrative game before and the story of Rapture and yes. uh, like just the the culmination of everything that comes together by the time you get to the ending and you get the big twist it was just a chef's kiss moment, and then just when you once you beat the game, you're like, you know, that was fantastic. I want to see what's next. What you know, what yeah. what are they gonna do next? And I mean, mm-hmm. the sequel was technically a prequel, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, then, but then we got Infinite, and then Infinite yeah. was just another uh, another game that I wanted to add to this list. But Infinite also had a couple of issues that I did have that I didn't have in Bioshock One. But yeah. Bioshock One is the original, the original, yeah. and that's why I put it on my list. I think number eight, for anyone who has listened to us long enough with me here, knows I enjoy my retro games. Yeah. And it's one of those that, especially coming from that multiplayer aspect, especially couch multi- co-op, mm-hmm. is one of those that I enjoyed. And that is the Nintendo 64's 007 GoldenEye. Dude. That's a good one. Okay. That one, yes. I had so many hours. You, you guys know the photo of like when split screen is taken too seriously and you have to get that piece of cardboard to block the yeah. yeah. That yeah. was me and my little brother. We, we legitimately had to do that because we were both notorious for wanting to kill each other in this game. That's funny. And so we had to set it up that way. Yeah. And mm. it ended up just molding my childhood with the love of 007 shooters and it was one of those that I absolutely love this game to this mm-hmm. day when I rebought my N64 I made sure I found 007 because last time my brother was in town we hooked that bad boy up and uh yeah, his, yeah. his marine self kind of killed me too <laughs> I got a little jealous I was like this is payback for your childhood isn't it Dang. <laughs> take a look at the cover and you will never unsee like the wide mouth on um that, that version of James Bond. Oh, why you do that to me? <laughs> I, I forgot that on purpose. It's ruined for him, now it's ruined for you too. I forgot that on purpose. Kyle, what's, what's eight? So eight is a fact. <laughs> and I will die on this hill because if you say anything otherwise, you're fucking wrong. Halo Reach is the greatest Halo game to ever exist. The 360 peaked when that game came out. The multiplayer, the campaign, everything about it was just so fantastic. And it left me with such emotion at the end. I mean, the whole ride was just an emotional roller coaster with every character death all the way up to yours at the end. It's, you know, it's so different from, you know, green guy beats up alien, we win. It was a very different tone because every game up until then, you know, sort of had a hopeful ending reach everyone died the planet was overrun it was so depressing but at the same time it you know when a game can make you feel that kind of emotion i think it really sets itself apart from just this was a fun game it was a memorable game for me that's fair yeah, I'm pretty sure my number eight is probably the cheapest game on all of our lists combined because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure at some point in our lives we all got this game for free. <laughs> oh, oh, it oh. got a sequel earlier this year that's not as good, but this one's a classic and it's my favorite sports game of all time, and it is Wii Sports. All right, Dude, Wii, Sports. Wii Sports. Wii Sports. Again, that's one of those that if we had a if we had an hour counter, God, countless hours. I that. <laughs> Switch Sports was very disappointing this year, but Wii Sports is a classic. And I would I would love to own a Wii just for Wii Sports. I could put hours upon hours into that game. Loved the customization. Loved all the challenges. Loved that it made me sweat a little bit. <laughs> I loved that. I thought it was fun. The, now, the, what? I was going to say, the reference back to Nintendo Switch Sports, the family time with it. Yeah, Dude. family time, family time with Wii Sports again. That that's it's a great it, it's it's so fantastic. Uh, my favorite, it's my favorite sports game of all time, and it probably didn't even count as a, it's it's as much of a sports <laughs> game as Mario Kart is a racing game. So. <laughs> um, number seven is where my list definitely got hard, and I do not anticipate that it was any easier for y'all though. So let's get going into number seven. 
Uh, number seven is at a time when this franchise was still fresh and innovative at the time with what they were bringing in, and then the most innovative title at the time was Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Oh. Um, okay. Expanding the story on SEO, especially with the cliffhanger that you were left into, people were wondering what's next, and we had that E3, and Ubisoft showed the first trailer for it, and it was so well done that it just had a large group of people in front of the Pope, which is the main villain uh, yeah. for the game. And then over time, like, the music just picks up, and then you start seeing more assassins popping up, and you're just like, oh, what are, this is a multiplayer? This is this mm-hmm. what we're getting? And then when the game came out, um, it took place in Rome, and getting to explore that, uh, that map was insane. Like, the, the missions were actually different unique. Like, the combat was improved upon. Uh, being able to send out other assassins when you started saving them from from soldiers and recruiting them and sending them out on missions. Yeah. And then the introduction of the multiplayer, which was so much so much fun, which I spent countless hours on, where it's just like you like uh, six other players you're yeah. put into a map and everybody looks the same. So when you choose a character, for example, for example, you chose like a play doctor. There's other other play doctor like AI around, and it's just your goal to figure out who's the assassins before you get assassinated. That's so fun. Um. So that is where I leave it, as well as it was my very first collector's edition I ever bought, as well. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I've often heard the Brotherhood is the best AC game. I've often heard that. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair. Uh, so, Rusty, you actually said my number seven spot earlier. Okay. Um, and that would be Mario Odyssey. That's oh. a fair one. Um, That's a fair one. It was one of my very first Switch games that I got, and being able to see. Mario again with a whole new different ability yep. definitely brought back the love that I had for Mario Sunshine. Yes, and just with the whole new innovation of the game, and yeah. I absolutely loved Odyssey. Um, and it was just one of those that I, I love the new innovation. I love how even two player you get. Yeah your player two to be able to control Cappy. Like, yeah. it was just one of those. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. That game was fun. For my number seven, it's Pokemon Crystal. Wow. Because that was my very first Pokemon game ever. And that is where I discovered my love for Pokemon. I had a Game Boy Color. I got it on my 10th birthday. And the only game I got with it was Pokemon Crystal. I played that game so so much it was it's so nostalgic thinking of it now you know i would love i'd love to go back and play it if i could find it for under 200 dollars. <laughs> let's go Facts. back to McKay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that game was it was so fun as a kid to you know experience pokemon for the first time i think everybody probably remembers their first pokemon game like that yeah. it's so yeah. nostalgic to think about it and to really see how it's changed looking at you know sword and shield and soon scarlet and violet like this game used to be a whole different thing and you know it's the same formula but the gameplay has really changed so much and you know sometimes i think it's fun to go back to you know when it was simpler when it was just catch pokemon beat the gym leaders you know and there was just something about that retro feel of the you know the pokemon noises the battle music. It was so classic. Yeah, I agree. It is criminal that this next game is this low on my list. <laughs> oh, no. oh, it's no. criminal that this game is this oh, low no. on my list. I'm mad at myself. It's criminal that it is, but this is where my list got hard. So my number seven, and this is like Kyle said, this is a fucking fact. <laughs> You're wrong if you think <laughs> otherwise. Because this is the best superhero game of all time, and that is... Batman Arkham City. Yes. yes. Batman Arkham City. That was my first Batman game. I remember that was the first Batman game because the Batman games don't have a very successful track record. Yeah. They don't have a very successful track record. Arkham Asylum was the first one in 2009 that really like broke that streak, and it was a really good game at the time. It hasn't aged exactly all that well, Yeah. Um, but Arkham City took everything Asylum did well, and it improved on everything improved on the combat the gadgets added more replayability if there was a villain that you didn't see and that you were bummed about not seeing in arkham asylum odds are they were in arkham city yeah. mr freeze mad hatter Azrael, a, a ton Batman. of Clayface, yeah. uh, you know bane bane joker penguin they all you know they all, all come there. back two faces mm-hmm. there like it, you see just about everybody 
that you could imagine from the Batman comics in terms of like big name villains, they are there. And I think that story wise, also the ending is one of my favorite video game endings of all time. Yeah, uh, it's criminal that it's only seven on my list because for the longest time that was in the top five. <laughs> it is in the top five no longer. <laughs> on to number six. Uh, number six is actually a franchise that started on the PlayStation 2, and one of the reasons why I wanted a PlayStation 2 to begin with, just based off of a TV commercial that had some yeah. anime characters running into some Disney characters. Oh, no. It's Kingdom Hearts 2 for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 2 took everything from the base game, expanded on it, introducing dry forms, um, better combat styles uh, with, with the Blood Boy or Quick Time events, and then improving on a lot of the Disney worlds and introducing better Disney worlds than the first game had. Whereas, like, on the uh, Coliseum, you were just stuck at the Coliseum, but in the second game, you actually got to go to the Underworld. You actually got to meet a, another character from a previous Final Fantasy game that was long forgotten, which I didn't even know who he was when I met him. What? And the boss fights were definitely improved upon compared to the first game. This is right before the story started, just just as the story was starting to go a little batshit crazy, introducing <laughs> Organization 13. Um, I know a lot of people are turned off by the fact that when you started the game, you started off as Roxas, and you're like, who is this dude? <laughs> like, why am I playing you? I want Sora. And then you eventually you eventually find Sora in the mansion, mm. and then everything just goes over, off, you know, crosses over, and you meet uh, Yen Sid, you get your new, uh, uh, yeah, you get your new uh, outfit with your new powers, and... The story just kind of goes off from there, but it's just mostly from a gameplay perspective, and also the thousand, uh, the thousand number heartless battle. Oh, mm. I love that battle so much. Um, it was definitely a memorable one in the Kingdom Hearts franchise. But number six, and this is hands down the best one in this franchise, and it is a fact. And if you if you have to argue on this one, just understand your opinion matters. Unless you were this fucking wrong. Okay. Okay. Borderlands 2. Okay. Ooh. Good. I absolutely love the story. Love the characters. Love the enemies. It actually was a challenge. And, Rusty, that was why in the Tiny Tina episode, yep. I asked you why. I've always, that I, I've always felt like it's the hardest border. It's one of the hardest first person shooters of all time, in my opinion. It mm. was one of those that hearing you bring that up in that episode was like, yeah. It was hard. I loved that yeah. game. <laughs> uh, it, I loved it so much. And I will always go with Zero for that game. It does not matter. I love the Sirens. But Zero's my man on those. Oh, yeah. My number six is Far Cry 4. Yeah, wow. Far Cry 4 that, is fantastic. Far Cry 3 was a lot of fun. But what really did it for me was the co-op in Far Cry 4 was so damn fun to go around and just fuck with shit with your friends. Like, it was so chaotic and goofy, and I loved it so much. The story was fantastic. The gameplay was top-notch. I, I loved that game so much, and I feel like it does not get enough praise in the Far Cry franchise. Because I everybody agree. always thinks I of 3, yeah. and they're like, 3 is the best game it was the best game when it was the only game that was, you know, out on the 360. But now we have Far Cry 4 and 5 and 6 that have improved upon this co-op. And it all yeah. started with Far Cry 4. Far Cry 3's co-op was shit. It was, it was terrible. Trash. It was bad. Far Cry 4 really set that co-op in stone. And it's, I, it's not related to the campaign at all. Yeah, it's, it's, a completely, so it's a completely different campaign. Oh. It's bad, dude. Yeah, but Far Cry 4 was a lot of... I have a lot of really good memories with that game. Y'all ready for a shock? Oh no. Let's go. Oh no, the face. Y'all probably thought this was going to be in like the top three. Oh, yeah. the face. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Oh, <laughs> I struggled with not putting this in the top five. I struggled. I, I The games that are in the top five, I, I, I've, I've thought about moving them down. I tried moving one of them down and it just didn't look right. I love Rift Apart. I've beaten it ten times, obviously. I platinumed it. I love it. It's my first rip, rip, like Ratchet and Clank game that I like. I don't because I don't count that fucking movie game. Yeah, fuck <laughs> I don't game. count that shit. I'm just gonna call that the furry robot game. I'm not. <laughs> it doesn't count. That game doesn't exist. That game's okay. not real. That game can't hurt you anymore. It sucks. You platinumed that one. <laughs> yeah, you platinumed that one. <laughs> Horror. I'm just kidding. Terrible. <laughs> 
But no, ripped apart. Fantastic game. Love the story. It looked like it was created straight from like Pixar or something. It really did. Um, yeah. Love the introduction of Ribbit and Kit. Thought that they were two phenomenal characters. I thought mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank obviously were two the two classic characters. Uh, gameplay was a lot of fun. Obviously, I've beaten it ten times, so it has to be a little bit of fun. <laughs> got the autograph. Uh, yeah. yeah, I've got a signed Ribbit print from Jennifer Hale, who I, is one of my favorite voice actors of all time. So Ripped Apart was very close to being in the top five. Narrowly missed it. It and number five were neck and neck. Uh, but I just ripped apart. It's also been just a little bit longer of a gap since I've played that game compared to my number five. Yeah. That's a little bit of a hint. Um, <laughs> but we are now into the top five. What's been the biggest shock so far? Oh, man. Biggest shock. I didn't expect Brotherhood on yours. Yeah, I really didn't. I didn't expect Brotherhood. <laughs> I, I did not expect Reach to be that low on yours. Yeah. I thought Reach would be higher. I thought it would be higher. Yeah, dude. Reach was... That was a lot. It I was very hard to get into the top five. I love, I love Double Dash being on yours. Yes. Like, that was, That's just, what I was, that was a hard one for me to put on mine. It was so much fun. Yeah. So now we are into the top five. Ripped Apart's one that does surprise. Yeah, yeah I. Times you played it. The original, <laughs> the original ranking, it probably would have been in the top three, but I just, I just kept it kept moving down for some reason, yeah. and I was like, can't put it. I'm not gonna put it below Arkham City because Arkham City is an amazing game, but Ripped yeah. Apart, I love it on a yeah. different level. Like when I say the top seven was fucking hard, it was fucking hard. Right. So. Into the top five we go. Matt, what is your number five? Number five, you probably thought this would have been a little higher. Um, Mario Odyssey is number five for me. Oh, okay. I didn't, ex- uh, I didn't expect it to be on the list, period, love, to be honest. This is one of the most standout Mario platforms I, I have ever played, going from playing all of the two uh, the, the two the 2D games all the way up to 3D games. And Mario Odyssey is just such a standout for me, especially uh, when we got the first reveal for the Switch. Everybody saw... Mario, we didn't know what it was at first, yeah. And then we had to wait till January's event, and then they showed us Odyssey, they showed us New Donk City, dude. And like, just um, and then there was the E3 right before the game was coming out in that in that holiday quarter. And Mario threw his hat on a T Rex, and you got to control it. Mario threw his hat on a Goomba, on a bullet bill, on anything, and you chain controlled chomp. it. A chain and for, chomp, yeah. And for those who beat the game. Tell me how incredible was it, Mario, took over Bowser in that whole little segment. Okay, yeah, that was cool. To make cool. it back cool. up from the core of the moon to the top. Yeah. And it had a quirky little Japanese music playing or whatever. That was cool. It was, it was, was a lot cool. of fun. It stood out. And the only complaint I have about this game is I think there's way too many moons in here. If you really paid attention, yeah. there's over like 999 moons or something like that. And I, then yeah. the throwback level. When you go back to the Mushroom Kingdom and you see this reimagined um, Mario 64 hub world with the castle mm, and, the, yeah. and the outside and the waterfall. Uh, it, was, it, it just pulled all the right strings. I think Mario Odyssey is the best game that exists on Switch. Yes. And I, yeah. I, and I don't think that's a hot take. I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd agree. Um, so, Rusty, this game that I'm about to t- say for my number five was again on your Marvelous. honorable mention. <laughs> um, it was one that I okay. spent hundreds of hours on. It was one that I have really the only video game memories with my own dad. Oh uh, well, it's not Deathloop. It's not Ring Fit Adventure. It's not. <laughs> it's not NBA Two K Twelve. It is Call of Duty Black, Black Ops, Ops 2. Two. Yeah. Um, and the reason that game just sticks out so much to me is the zombie maps alone were some of my favorite. Buried, Die Rise, OG Mob of the Dead. Yeah. Absolutely loved them. Even Nuketown. Yeah. It just really brought the game to life for me. The story was amazing. Uh, the multiplayer, that was actually the one Call of Duty game I did not play the multiplayer on. I was more on the zombies than anything else. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. blame you there, though. And that game, like I said, one of the few games that I actually had video game memories of me and my dad. That's pretty That's cool. cool. My number five... Is Batman Arkham City? Yes, sir. Back, yes. I'm a huge DC fan, and I love how much the Arkham games respected the lore and the amount of references in that game. Even if you didn't directly see or fight one of the villains, there were Riddler things where you got to go see, like you know, you scan a picture of Black Mask, you know, mask on the office. Like, it's cool, he's here. Or, you know, there are so many references in that game. Like the Scarecrow, Scarecrow as well. Yeah. yeah. Dude, like, there was just... Uh, 
there is nothing more memorable to me about a Batman game than when I got home and loaded up Arkham City and that entire intro was so insane. Like, I... I could not believe what I was seeing. The whole part where you're walking through the, you know, yeah. the prison as Bruce Wayne, and yeah. it's like, holy shit, what is happening? And it really sets the tone, I think, for how intense this game is about to be. And the story is one of the greatest stories I have ever experienced in a video game. I love, love, love that game. I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we're on the same page. My number five is probably another shock. I think that actually... The top, my top five is probably going to be a little bit surprising in general, but we're just going to start it here. Uh, number five, my favorite point-and-click game of all time, and it's not The Walking Dead. Oh. It is Life is Strange True Colors. Okay. Interesting. So okay. I've really fallen back in love with this game recently just by replaying it on the Switch. Um, I think the better version, obviously, is on PS5 and Xbox Series X, but... Uh, Honestly, just one of the best well-written stories. I think that it's the best Life is Strange game, and I that's not a hot take at all. I think it's yeah. miles better than Life is Strange Season 2. It's much better than the first game, in my opinion. Um, I feel like they freshened up the gameplay. They made, you know, it wasn't, the gameplay wasn't boring, despite, like, most point-and-clicks can tend to be boring. Mm-hmm. I didn't find the gameplay boring in this one, and I think that the story is very heartfelt. There's a lot of emotion built into it. And the voice acting across the board is fantastic. Love, love all the perform, most of the performances at least. Uh, I contemplated putting Walking Dead on this list, but I don't know. Again, like I've spent so much time away from that game now that it's like mm, doesn't right. quite hit. Like I still love it, but it doesn't hit quite like it used to. So my number five is Life is Strange: True Colors. My number four is what's going to really fuck y'all up, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to Matt. So, Matt, number four. Matt. Okay, so number four. Uh, this is another game that I had on the PlayStation 3. Um, I feel like at some point, us as gamers have thought about what it must be like to make video games. So, Let Me Planet 2 is actually I knew it. number four I knew, for me. I knew Not it. the first game. The first game is what drove me to want to buy a PlayStation 3 when I first looked mm-hmm. for trailer for it. Little Big, Little Big Planet 2 took everything that the first one did and then just, you know, did it so much better as far as, like, I've always wanted to make levels. But I, I, when the developers were, like, using, like, in this trailer, you can, you see everything that we've made here in the campaign, you can make this. And then it just drove you to want to make levels. Like, from being able to customize, like, you know, make stairs, make elevators. I made a Ferris wheel underwater one time. <laughs> That's um, funny. It wasn't good looking. It was very, it was very average. I, I really never got down very to mid. the levels. But like, mid plus ratio plus L. Uh, plus maiden. Sackboy was being held as, to be PlayStation's mascot because of the fact that there were so many different characters that nobody yeah. could choose one. But Sackboy could be any PlayStation mascot with his skins. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people like, you know. That's fair. I think Sackboy, you know, is a great representation of what PlayStation is, whereas Mario, you know, Nintendo leads on Mario as their mascot. Xbox yeah. leads on, hey, I man. guess you want to say Master Chief. Yeah. But PlayStation has so many different like characters that stick out that you know aren't so driven to be in the forefront. That's why I was like, I love the fact that you could yeah. have a Ratchet and Clank skin. You could have like even a, going like a game like Shadow of the Colossus. There were skins for them as well. It's just a great representation of PlayStation all together, and the campaign mm. was incredible. Like, yeah, I had so much fun. Like, so the, the puzzles were really well made. The, the, the levels were really well made. The music was fantastic. And it, it was just so much fun to the end, especially multiplayer was a lot of fun as well. Mm-hmm. Getting, like, four people playing together. Very chaotic. You just be slapping each other most of the time <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, that's number four for me. So this was a, another retro game on my list. Um, no! <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> I love my retros. But um, if if we do not get another one of these games, I, I would be happy. It's Duck Hunt, isn't it? Duck, it's duck, 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 duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. Duck Hunt. <laughs> Stroke. Um, <laughs> duck Hunt uh, is not it. Okay. But if we don't get another one of these, I would be okay. A little sad, but okay. It is on the GameCube. Oh. Super Smash Bros. Melee. Alright. Interesting. Um, it's one of those that's bringing in more characters. I absolutely love. 
especially having the OG 151 boss monster of all being Mewtwo, playable, yeah, just absolutely beautiful, getting the Ice Climbers and actually seeing the true ability of two characters in one, yeah. it was one that I absolutely loved and will happily go back and play over and over again. Um, probably my third most expensive GameCube game. Dude. So, my number four is another Call of Duty game. Hmm. Another one. Another one. It's Black Ops 3 Zombies, solely because... Of Chronicles. Of yes. Zombie Chronicles. Yes, brother, yeah. Black Ops 1 had fantastic zombies, and for them to bring back so many memorable maps from Black Ops 1, from Black Ops 2, kind of... I think one map... Origins. Origins, basically, <laughs> That's a, basically a Black Ops 3 map. Yeah. <laughs> like, they they really knocked it out of the park with Black Ops 3 zombies. With, I agree. You know, everything was so innovative. It was so different. And they were expanding upon the maps to where they weren't, you know, too big. There wasn't too much to do. There was still Easter eggs, and there was still, you know, a story to follow. But I feel like it's just kind of gone off the rails at this point, and... Yeah. It's so overly complicated. I I really miss back when it was just, you know, survive rounds and, you know, do these simple steps for an Easter egg. And I I put in so many hours on the zombies trying to do all the Easter eggs. It was such a great time playing with friends. I think that's what really, really won it over for me was my experience playing, you know, with my friends. I think I will never forget. One of the best lines I've ever heard about Black Ops 3 is think about it for a second there are not many Treyarch maps that are not in Black Ops 3 now that's true there's a yeah. handful there's not very many Yeah. so I think it's impressive oh boy oh no <laughs> number 4 this is a game I've beaten many times I've beaten this game many many times I've beaten it on multiple systems and I will be beating it again later this year when it comes out on PS5 and that is Last of Us let's go so Last of Us I think Looking at the games that are left on my list, uh, I think that there's one game above it that I would say has a better story. Um, not going to say what it is, obviously. But uh, I think that the story, uh, again, like that, I've always loved story-based games. And I think that this was one, especially in the days of the PS3, this pushed the limits of what the PS3 could do. Mm-hmm. You go back and play it now, and like the PS3 I have upstairs, like it chugs when you try to play this. <laughs> like, it chugs. But... Story is incredibly well written. I love Joel and Ellie. Uh, the dynamic between the two of them, the character growth that you see, the entire story. Uh, it, it's, it's really a special achievement in gaming. I loved Last of Us Part 2 as well. I, it was my game of the year the year it came out. It was our side mission game of the year the year it came out. It was. But I think that the, uh, the first one will always be a little bit more special because that was one of... That that when it first came out, that was one of... I said, I said when I beat it, I said this will be known as one of the greatest games of all time. And I think, I don't think, again, I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think that's a stretch. I think that it will still be known as that. Uh, The combat's also great. Uh, Beautiful game. Even on the PS3, it looked great. Looks even better on the PS4 and the remastered version. And I can't wait to see what the PS5 version looks like when we get it in uh, September. Uh, But Last of Us is my number four. Matt? Do you think that that when part one comes out, it will overtake the remaster? Or do you think your nostalgia factor will still... I think the original will still be a little bit higher, but I think that depending on what all they've added or remade, I could very well see where I've slipped Last of Us part one into here instead of just Last of Us remastered. Interesting. Okay. okay. I feel that. That's a good question, though. Matt? Top three. Top three. Go back. Here we go. What's your number three? This is scary. This is scary hours because uh, there's some games feelings that are about to get hurt. Oh yeah. Top three going into it. Just a little, little, little older game back on the Super Nintendo. Just was like the culmination of like 2D platforming perfection was Rare's Donkey Kong Country 2. Oh. This this was like the perfect balance of like you know newcomers and like more hardcore gamers because Donkey Kong Country is not known for being easy. It's a very yeah. difficult series. And this game, 
like introduced Dixie Kong. Like, there's a lot of controversy because Donkey Kong was pushed to the sidelines in a game called Donkey Kong Country. Mm-hmm. But Dixie was such a fantastic introduction as long as how we got Diddy in the first game with her hair being able to twirl around like a helicopter, which definitely helped with the platforming. Mm-hmm. But the music was like one of the most standout things for me and to this day. I'll still go on YouTube and pull out playlists from this game's like soundtrack. Like mm-hmm. it's just very um, ambient music. The level design's amazing. With the introduction to animal buddies like the spider squitter, who like you know you just you, you uh, shoot out spider webs to make your platforms as you're trying to get through the level. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many new innovative ideas with it, and it's such a stick out to me, especially from my childhood. So, remember yesterday where we went to the retro store, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said I rebought one of my games in my yeah, top 10 list. You did? That game is actually my third pick. Oh. And it is a game that originally was on the GameCube and got remade to the PS2. And it is World Tour. Okay. Oh. Um. Now, real quick, who actually knows what that game is? No idea. Never played it. Nope. Never okay. heard of it. So <laughs> that game is pretty much take Tony Hawk Pro Skate but add motor scooters. Um, Interesting. The reason for that is super banger playlist. Like the entire soundtrack is just perfect. The challenges in it were amazing. And even just going through and unlocking more characters and scooters, it was one that I loved to death. Um, I could not call myself a gamer without that game being in my top 10 right that's fair so my number three is of no surprise to anyone (laughs) (laughs) destroy all humans the very first platformer i ever but the very first video game i ever played i think crash bandicoot yeah (laughs) the insane trilogy of course because it was the remake of the og crash and you know it actually (laughs) <laughs> controls well. Yeah. <laughs> the Insane Trilogy brought me back to my childhood. The PS1 was the very first console I ever played, and I used to play it with my mom when I was a kid. We would just take turns playing, you know, Crash Bandicoot, and I have so many fond memories of just sitting in the living room and playing, you know, Crash for hours on end. And looking back, I have no idea how I beat those games. Yeah. Because... Those controls were shitty, and, like, it was hard enough beating them now, let alone I platinumed all three games. Those games really defined my love for platformers. Yeah, I feel that. I've seen you platinum them. I don't know, <laughs> don't know how you have the patience for it. <laughs> Number three! <laughs> the greatest video game story of all time. You know it. It's got a sequel coming later this year. It's God of War. Let's go! It's God of War. God of War really does have... twenty. God of War 2018 really does have the greatest video game story ever, in my opinion. Yeah. I love the, the camera style more than anything else. Yes. The, the, the constant one take. There is no jump cut at any point in the game. It's so you will literally follow from the same perspective the entire way. Yeah. And it only shifts, you know, it literally shifts almost like you're in a movie doing a long one take, you know, where you go yeah. around to the, you know, from behind Kratos to in front of him, stuff like that. It's got one of my favorite video game moments of all time when Sindri, after you take down the, the dragon in the mountain, he goes, you did all that for me. And Kratos goes, you're mistaken. <laughs> you're mistaken. <laughs> you're mistaken. <laughs> and it was, I, but, I, but I love the gameplay, love the reworked gameplay. It was the first God of War that I've actually beaten. I've played some of the older ones where they're more hack and slashy. This obviously is more, you know, just action adventure, a little bit more, you know, melee. It's it's they're both they're still melee oriented, but it's not just hacking and slashing. Like you know, you have to actually right. parry, you have to dodge. Uh, love the introduction of the Blades of Chaos into the later parts of the game. Yes. Love the depictions of you know Alfheim, Helheim, Jotunheim. Love um, you know Midgard. Love love the depiction of all of those. And I can't wait for Ragnarok. I 100% do foresee Ragnarok overtaking God of War uh, at some point, though. Yeah, I, yeah. I understand why you put it in your own yeah. vision. So, we're into the top two. Matt, what's number two? Yo, well, probably surprised I haven't said it yet, but number two is actually Generation 2, Pokemon Gold, Silver, and Crystal. Interesting. Because I figured that would be pretty high. Yeah. Pokemon Gold and Silver 
was technically supposed to be the last game for Pokemon. It was mm-hmm. it was planned out to be the last game. So that was a lie. <laughs> yeah, very much so. so. So that was a lie. Nine Thank generations goodness. later. <laughs> but I think that for me, it's just introducing new evolution styles and then uh, new evolutions in general to like older Pokemon, such as Scyther giving a mirror coat, giving a Scizor, uh, Onyx to Steelix, which is so cool as he was a kid. It, Introducing two new types with you know steel type and dark yeah. type, um, and I know as a kid, if you saw Pokemon two thousand, you saw Meryl in the beginning of the movie, you saw Lugia, you were like, mm-hmm. who are these guys? You know, they finally get the game where you get them <laughs> along with Ho-Oh, who you saw in the very first episode of the anime yep. that I saw, mm-hmm. and then when you finally get all the gym badges and you beat the Elite Four, no one suspected that next to your town where you start off in Little Root Town. Is the is the path to Kanto, being able to go back to Kanto and seeing it in this whole new way where some different gym leaders have taken over some places you can't access anymore, like the Safari Zone closed down, um, the Poison gym leader Koga's daughter taking over as the gym leader there because he became one of the Elite Four members. Yeah, and then all of it coming together, and this is why I definitely think it was meant to be the last one. It's when you climb Mount Silver and you reach the very top, and there he is. There's Red. Yeah. the main uh, protagonist from the first game. And you battle him, and he is hard. If you're not prepared, you're going to die a lot. Huh. And when you beat the game, it just goes to the credits, and you wake up back in the beginning um, of, the, of, of the town you're from, and then you're just like, oh, that was incredible. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, just, it's just the Pokemon game that defined it for me as far as like you know introducing... You know, even baby forms. I mean, yeah. I know a lot of people don't like them, but they're, they're, they're still cool to have Thank them. Thank you. And mm-hmm. there's just so many ideas that were placed in there, and then that we continue to see on coming from to future generations. Mm-hmm. So going to the PlayStation Two, and we talked about this game a lot for Game of the Year. Um, Rusty has mentioned it at least the franchise already. Going back, it my number two is Ratchet and Clank, up your arsenal. Let's go. Um, that game really defined Ratchet and Clank for me more than anything. To actually seeing how much craziness the game was, being able to have these connections with the characters, see more of Nefarious, seeing Quark, and actually being able to play the Quark video game as well. That's fun. Uh, just absolutely loved the game, and to this day. I will never get the rhino, the like super rhino, until at least like my third play. If, if they remake the game, third play, I will get the rhino. But after okay. that, yeah. For my number two, this was actually tied with my third game. But the only reason I put it above is because I don't think I've ever raged at this game. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the Spyro Reignited trilogy because okay. paired with Crash. My mom and I used to also play Spyro on the PS1, and I I can't remember which one. I'm, I'm fairly certain I played Crash first, but I have the same memories of Crash and Spyro. We'd play them both, and they were just... I, we had both trilogies on PS1, and those games really, really are what define my love for platformers. And Spyro, I think, it was a lot easier than Crash, and so I had a, a much more laid-back, fun time with it. The Platinum was ten times easier on all three games. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed, you know, just the laid-back, chill gameplay of it. And, you know, the when that game came out, when the Reignited trilogy came out, I'm not kidding when I tell you I did not leave my house the entire weekend and I beat those games so many times over and over because I was just so immersed in my childhood again. Playing one of the very first games I ever played remade on, you know, the Xbox One and the PS4 was so, you know, fulfilling to me. Oh boy. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So, Matt. Yeah. You remember when uh, I told you I wanted to get a PS4 on Black Friday? I told you there yes. was one game that I mm-hmm. wanted to get above everything else. Yeah. And that yes. game has been number one for so long. Yeah. Is not anymore. Oh, My no. number two is Bloodborne. Oh! It's, oh, oh, oh. it's not anymore. I'm okay. <laughs> Bloodborne. Oh, I might need to 
<laughs> Number two Bloodborne. is Bloodborne, uh, a game that has been my favorite game for a long, long time, and is certainly still a masterpiece. Uh, I think obviously goes without saying. Love the gothic, the gothic art style. Love the HP yeah. Lovecraft. Lo- loved all of that. The trick weapons. One of the best parts about it. It's one of the best things from software has ever come up with. Is the weapons from Bloodborne. Yes. Um, the bosses. Some of the best in the entire Souls lore history. Fantastic. You're, you're playing with your beard. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> that's kind no of funny. <laughs> but uh, there's no way for me to tie that in, but fair enough, my character did have a beard. Um, <laughs> but no, I also love like the background lore to Bloodborne. It's it's some of the best in all of gaming, and I think that if you own a PS4 or a PS5, you need to play Bloodborne because it is... A game it it, it, put, it gives you that rewarding feeling that all Souls games do. It's also not overbearingly difficult. It's not soul crushingly difficult. It's yeah. got mm-hmm. challenges in it. It's very hard, but it's not like Dark Souls one levels of hard. Easy enough, yeah. even Packer can do. <laughs> Bloodborne, Bloodborne's probably my favorite Souls game because you get a gun. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. You get a gun. It, it sucks. It does suck, but I mean, you get a gun. Can I just say that I played the entirety of Bloodborne my first playthrough without knowing how to uh, what was it? Harry? Harry? Without how to parry. I can't believe you beat know. that game He saw parrying. me do it in my first playthrough and said, What is that? What was that? <laughs> what did you do? He cheated. But... You it's cheated. not. It's not number one. It's not my number one. Is so fucking obvious now. <laughs> number one is so fucking obvious now. Matt, what's your number one? Uh, number one is actually the game that I have bought the most times on different consoles. Um, you keep trading it in. Damn. I own it on Xbox. I used it on PlayStation Two. And I own it on Switch. Now, this was kind of a weird one because I don't know exactly how many of y'all played this, but Okami is number one. Okami. Wow. Okami is number okay. one because of the fact that this was the first time I've ever seen such an art style introduced. I remember when this was revealed a long time ago. I was watching X Play and they showed a trailer for it, and it's just this whole entire world completely done in a watercolor, you know, paintbrush style. The main character is, you know, is this wolf based off of, you know, Japanese gods, the sun god. Yeah. And the story is incredible. The music. Is something that's to this day is still stuck in my head, and just when you think that the game's fixed to end, it gets it, it just goes on so much longer. And being able when you're in combat or even outside of combat, being able to pull up the celestial brush, draw the designs of what you're doing. So if you want to draw the bomb, you just draw the circle with the you know, yeah. slash coming out. That's yeah. cool. Slash that's to pretty do an cool. Attack. Um, you can do this kind of like twirl thing for wind and. Uh, if it's storming outside and you catch lightning, you can freeze. You can freeze the screen and pull up the brush and then draw lightning straight down to attack down and hit an enemy. That's and cool. There, there's just there, there was just so many amazing ideas put in that game. Plus, um, a lot of the, a lot of the story in the game is Japanese folklore. If you know yeah. what yeah. if you know what a kaguya and the, the bamboo uh, the bamboo cutter is, um, or the, the fish who swallowed the moon. There's just so many different yeah. ones in, that are in there that just stick out to me. Okami, I wish it sold better. It it's, unfortunately was a very underrated game. Review wise, yeah. it was a, mm-hmm. it was yeah. it was loved beloved, but sales wise, it did not sell. They, they had to they had to try and put as many consoles as they can. Yeah, and, and eventually, I feel like it has found that little niche that it's it's going to keep. I don't yeah. think we're get a sequel to it or anything like that, but that's perfectly fine. That surprised me. That that does that, that was me. that that's, was really surprising. Actually. Especially because yeah. like I pointed that out to you yesterday. And yeah. You, I expected you with now knowing yeah. that to you at least pick it up. Yeah, I saw it. I was like, I don't have a PlayStation Two anymore. I don't know if I ever play. But your roommate does. Who will let you play it? All right, Dacker, what's your number one? Um, so what game have I not spoken of at all so far? Like the game. Halo. <laughs> I definitely said Halo. Is it, um, is it retro? Ride to Hell Retribution. <laughs> I, I hate all of you. Destiny. I hate all of you. Break! <laughs> I hate all of you. It's Mirror's Edge. Pro Skater. Stop it. Cyberpunk! <laughs> I hate you all. I quit. <laughs> no, um. So, my number one game I have the tattoo for. I love this game to death. It is actually. Quit looking at my butt. <laughs> Demon Slayer. <laughs> I hate my life. Here we go. I know what Kill it is me. now. He saw the tattoo. I know what it is now. What is it? It is the Kingdom Hearts 2.5 mix. Okay. 
What's to look for? You just don't <laughs> like the game. You're right. You're right. I don't like, you just don't like the game. That's fair, though. It's not for everyone. Um, I absolutely love the games. But going through and actually choosing one game that I would go back and play every single day of my life would be the 2.5 mix. And that mm-hmm. is simply just because you've got Kingdom Hearts 2 final mix on it. You've got Birth by Sleep to where you actually see the beginnings Comes of... Comes up with these names. What the <laughs> fuck is that? Dude, Dude, over two days, that's an actual name. Who yes, comes up yes. with this shit? <laughs> you get re- but like I said, you get two Final Mix, you get Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and you get the recoded. Like, it was... Yeah. That's cool. I wasn't going to say anything, I promise. <laughs> I was thinking about something else. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those, I absolutely love those three games, and actually having them all in yeah. the 2.5 mix, it was one that I picked up instantly, um, and I'm glad I did, because, uh, fun fact, my original PlayStation 2 copy of Kingdom Hearts 2, I bought it from GameStop, RIP, um, and it was new but they sold it to us pre-owned so i was like oh cool we saved money come to find out it was actually really badly scratched up because the case holder for it had broken so when you shake it you actually hear it like going all over the place and i couldn't get a ride back out to return it and get a new one so unfortunately I never got to experience the true ending of the game until years later with the 2.5 mix. Mm-hmm. So, I it's one of those I absolutely love it. Yeah. Quit hating on my favorite game, <laughs> I see yeah. the looks. I see the looks. Quit hating on my favorite that's, game. Uh, <laughs> my that's, number uh, one, that's a choice. Mm, that's a choice. My number one is a GameCube game, and oh. it is Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I knew it. Uh, yeah. I knew it it is... I was going to say, you haven't talked about Zelda that often. It's the only Zelda game actually on my top ten list because it stands out so much so from the other games to me because of the art style. Toon Link was so new and unique to Wind Waker because you kind of had Young Link and Ocarina of Time, Mm -hmm. but it was still going for that more realistic art style. Unfortunately, it was just, you know, the N64, there was only so much you could do, but... On the GameCube, they went for a cartoony art style, and it worked so well. I absolutely love the fact that you got to explore different islands. And, you know, even when you've been to an island, you've done everything on there, you can get an ability, come back, and there's still more stuff to do. Because maybe there's a rock that you need to, you know, lift up that's too, you know, heavy to bomb, or maybe, you know... There's a, a cliff that you can't reach that you need the leaf glider for. You know, there's just so many things that had me going back to the game to replay it and to re-experience. And also, it was the very first game I ever played a New Game Plus playthrough on. That's pretty cool. I had never played. I, I Every time I, you know, beat a game, it was always just go back and replay the game. That game was my introduction to a new game plus, albeit there was only um, you know a couple minor changes like Link's pajamas that you got to wear the entire game. <laughs> but I just I have so many fond memories of exploring the sea and you know getting to the new island and you know just exploring it because it's you know it was different every single time, every area you went, every dungeon set itself apart. Ocarina of Time. It was so hard to not put that there because I really do have fond memories of that game. I only put Wind Waker above it because I feel like Ocarina of Time is too long. <laughs> it is you know what that's so like? damn long. We will take that Switch version of the game now. There's like 12 fucking dungeons and that's a lot. Wind Waker had like five and it, <laughs> it was perfect. And I think it really perfected the dungeon aspect of the game because it wasn't too overbearing the enemies weren't too difficult you didn't have insanely hard puzzles like twilight princess twilight princess is a great game the puzzles in there i went back and played when the wii u game came out and i had to look that shit up and i felt stupid because i was like i beat this game on the fucking gamecube as a kid 
Why don't I remember? Why don't I remember any of these? Like, I was getting to so many parts, I just kept getting stuck because it was not clear what to do or where to go. And, Slow like, down, jackass! <laughs> <laughs> the Wind Waker was, it, it was just, the puzzles were the right amount of complicated to where, you know, as a young child, I was able to complete them without, you know, struggling for hours on end because nobody enjoys staying in a puzzle section just unable to figure it out. If it's a combat section, I think it's a little bit different. Like Dark Souls games, where you can go back and, you know, yeah, there's different that. ways you can approach the boss, but on that. a puzzle, how many different ways can you really approach it when there's only one specific way to solve it? I think that yeah. with the with the way that Wind Waker played, everything was, you know, just the right amount of mystique where, you know, you kind of have to figure it out, but also, if you really paid attention, it was kind of obvious what you were supposed to do once you really, you know, spent like five or ten minutes looking around. I have so many fond memories of yeah. that game on the GameCube. I think I I could play that game for the rest of my life over and over, just yep. solely. Oh, no. <laughs> this shit is so obvious. This shit... Alright, my number one is Rise, Son of Rome. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Guys, good episode, it's time to go. Fuck <laughs> no, it's not. That's the worst game of all time. Uh, first, in front of, uh, barely in front of Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, no, no, my number one, uh, again, th- this is obvious from a while fucking away. My number one's Elden Ring. My n- Let's go. My number one's Elden Ring. Uh, Elden Ring... Surpassed Bloodborne pretty early on in my playtime with it. I would say by the end of my second playthrough, it had surpassed it. Uh, the fact that I platinumed it is another reason yeah. why I put it above. Honestly, I love Bloodborne. I ain't platinuming that. <laughs> I ain't got the patience for that. So I'm not doing that. But, uh, yeah, Elden Ring is a fantastic game. I think it's the most accessible from software game. It's open to any kind of newcomer. You don't have to play the other games to have... Any experience going into this one, it helps, sure, gameplay-wise. Uh, loved the open world. Loved mm-hmm. uh, loved most of the bosses. Some of the bosses were frustrating as hell. Uh, but that's all from software games, if we're being honest. But I, I genuinely think that Elden Ring is probably one of the most hyped-up games that I've seen in my life. And it not only met that hype and met the it exceeded every expectation imaginable so much so that it made game developers at Gorilla salty as hell because it made people forget about Horizon Forbidden West. Dang. And I'm sorry. Just say good job and move the fuck on, Gorilla. Um, but I think Elden Ring is is I think it will go down as one of the greatest games of all time. It it has become my favorite game of all Especially time. Especially for From Software. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Elden selling almost ten million copies. Yeah, ten million copies for a From yeah. Software game is impressive. So, but those are our personal top tens. Be sure to let ours know whenever you hear. Let us know. You can do it on Facebook, on Twitter, or on TikTok. <laughs> but let us know what yours are. Let us know what you think of ours. That has been the end. That'll be the end of this episode of Side Mission. That has been our top ten for the boys, for Thacker, for Matt. For Kyle, I'm Rusty Ellis. Thank you for listening.